everybody. Thanks for listening. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's podcast is how to stay married. How often do you see that becoming an issue uh, with couples? Uh, absolutely. And unfortunately, it's often a bigger issue for one person or the other. Um, and I think that we should all be very conscious that now social media is truly an extension of ourselves. And what we're putting out there is what we want other people to see and know about us. And if you are married or in a relationship, it's normal to have friends of the opposite sex. And it's even okay to say, that's a nice haircut or something. But once you're getting to the point where you're putting out in a public comment to the world that you find someone else attractive, that has the potential to to hurt your partner. You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty-gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. You know it's your darkest days, you know, when you decide to divorce. It's one of the most gut-wrenching feelings in your life. Because think about it. At one time, you promised to love this person for the rest of your life. You committed to this man or woman for the rest of your days. You believed to your core, hopefully, this person loved you with all of his or her heart, fully, completely, and forever. And forever is a really long time. But forever doesn't always happen. Life happens. Kids happen. You start to snip at each other. You you know, you have kids. And you don't make time for each other. Or you can't agree on how to raise the kids. Or worse, you're not dealing with your problems at all. And there's so much misery, there's betrayal. And then what do you do? You either work really hard on it and you get therapy and you live happily ever after or you run to the nearest divorce attorney and you want to screw that you know mf until he bleeds because he hurt you i know it's depressing i'm depressed just hearing myself talk but we're here to tell you today it doesn't have to be that way i am an eternal optimist and i believe to the core relationships can work forever I once had this therapist, well, she's actually turned into my guru, and she's like, she was married a long time. She's, I'm like, oh, that's so wonderful. She's like, yeah, I'm, we're going to be together as long as it works. It's still working. And I was like, that is so <laughs> not romantic. But then many years later, I was like, oh, I get it. Because you don't want to stay married just because, well, we're going to make this work, and we're married to death, and I hate, he- I hate him, and I hate her, and I'm miserable. No, you want to stay married because you're both working at it, And I mean, I feel like when you have to work too hard at something, it's not right, but it takes effort and intention. And when you both have intention on growing in this beautiful relationship, then that's forever. So you do have to do the work on yourself and as a team. So today we're going to talk with a top divorce attorney on how to stay married. What better person to give us pearls of wisdom than somebody who sees thousands of unhappy couples ending one of the most sacred unions of their lives? Our guest is... Amber Kornreich. She's back. She's super smart. She's high quality. I've said this before. She's a go-getter. Her father is is another top divorce attorney. She learned from the best and says that she was kind of born into this because, you know, of course, that's what her dad did. And um, her mom, she told me, was a judge. And she said they had a really good relationship post-divorce. So she's seen both sides. So Amber, welcome again. Hi, Lynn. Thanks for having me. So it's Never really one, I believe this, and tell me what your thoughts are, one thing or one person's fault. Um, you know, you usually start, off, obviously you start off in love, and you have the intention to stay married. And unless it's like, 
even with infidelity, that's like, well, that's the reason. There's always an addition, you know, something led to that, even if you ignored red flags or whatever. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not always one thing. Sometimes I think of a divorce as death by a thousand cuts because it's often a collection of many little things that don't get addressed on time that ultimately lead to that straw that breaks the camel's back, as it may be. So you see people who want to stop being married. So what do you observe as the opposite of what we want? Like, what is the number one complaint? We've spoke a little bit about this before of women. Um, what do you say women in general lack or are feeling when they're at that point where they're like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a divorce? I think a lot of times there's, it's a communication breakdown and a feeling that they're not being heard. And that's why I think one of the most important things that somebody can do is to work on their communication, even when it's so hard and so difficult. You have to confront issues when they arise. You have to not let these problems fester and and the resentment build because it's often waiting too long to address the issues that really causes the the ultimate problem. So communication is a great uh, um, act to keep you married, to keep you happy. I mean, that's that's an old. Everybody says you, know, you got to communicate, got to communicate, but. Um, let's talk more about what that means. So do you think it's common for people to not address something and let it fester? And if so, why? Why do we do that? I think sometimes people get a little traumatized from bad fights. You know, someone, there's some conflict and it either gets too heated. People either start yelling at each other or they say hurtful things to one another. And it it makes you feel like, you know what, I don't want to do that again because the last time we had a fight... I just felt so terrible. I didn't sleep. Um, you know, it, maybe I'll just uh, I'll just bury it and hope it goes away. So I think that although it's difficult to sometimes have uh, a fight or a dispute, you have to view talking through these issues as a way that your relationship can continue to grow. And failure to talk about them is almost guaranteed to cause the breakdown of your relationship. So communicate, but learn how to communicate well. Yes. <clears throat> because I think when, you know, and people say, learn how to fight, fight fair. That We're not talking about fighting. We're talking about something that's come up where maybe your feelings are hurt or something bothers you and you want to come from self-ownership, not attacking. Communicate properly. A therapist can help with that, right? I mean, do you find that to be true instead of like, you know, you you never take out the trash as opposed to saying, you know, it means a lot to me when you take out the trash and I'm feeling like I have to do it a lot, you know, or whatever, as an example. Yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes you need to give whatever the issue is a little space in your own mind to crystallize. Is this, is this the fight that, I, you know, am I really fighting about the trash or did I have a bad day or is there something else? Am I so stressed out about the coronavirus? Am I cooped up in here that I'm just fighting about the trash? Or is this really an issue because it's a symbol of that your partner is not willing to do 50-50 around the house? So I think first is, you know, while it's important to confront issues when they arise, that doesn't necessarily mean the exact second that they arise. Um, you know, recognize that there's a problem if it's a day later or, uh, you know, two days later and you're still thinking about some 
issue, it's probably going to really help free you to say something. And rather than not saying, you know, what, what you're really upset about, then it starts manifesting itself in all these other mm-hmm. ways. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, being a little snippy with each other or doing it. You become like enemies in the same house because nobody knows what you're really fighting about. So I think it's important to address issues, but maybe not in that exact moment at a time that you're feeling calm. And I agree completely with your approach, you know, saying I feel or I felt or this is, you know, the way I'm seeing it or, you know, it's rather than being accusatory, you never take out the trash. You always do this. Um, and for women, because usually it's the, it, usually the women are, uh, it's we women who, I don't want to say have bad timing, but I know I've, you know, I'm, I've done this myself, but we sometimes don't let things crystallize and yeah. we're reactionary and it's at night. <laughs> and we're going to talk about this because we're not going to bed angry. But even though I'm angry, you know, and your partner's like, usually men are like, I just need to go to bed. I just need to go to bed. So, you know, maybe nighttime is not the best time. Yeah, I think sometimes it's good to take a step back and really think is, you know, picking your battle, so to speak. Is this really the the issue? And is this really the time? Um, another approach that um, I've heard that I like is that 555. I always get it wrong, whether it's five minutes, five hours, or five days, or five days, five weeks, five months, but the concept is the same. You know, is this thing that's bothering you? Is it something that in five days is going to be important to you? Is it something that in five months is going to be important to you? In five years, is this going to be important to you? So I think, you know, you really do have to be smart. If you're, if there's an issue where someone is lying, that is an important one. If there's an issue with, um, you know, sharing household responsibilities, maybe that's a little bit of a less important one. So I think you really have to be true with yourself and spend some time really being thoughtful about um, the way you approach issues and when you approach them. Well, the trash is a great example because, <laughs> you know, it, you know, it, if something is repeatedly happening, you it's really, as you said, not about the trash, but it's about not being, feeling maybe respected or heard or yes. something underneath that. So communication, big number one. Um, what are some of the key tools you feel couples are not, using that leads them to divorce? I think a really important one is marriage counseling. And you'd be surprised that many uh, potential divorce clients actually hear that they should go to a marriage counselor for the first time from a divorce lawyer. Mm. And uh, it's people feel like if I'm going to a marriage counselor, it's because we're breaking up. Mm-hmm. It's because we have a really terrible relationship. And it's it's really the opposite. You know, smart couples understand that sometimes there are issues that are bigger than them, or that they're just having some sort of misunderstanding that has the potential to be so disastrous that therapeutic intervention is maybe the only way. And uh, on that point, uh, during COVID, many therapists are doing telehealth, including marriage counseling. So you may even be able to seek marriage counseling in the comfort of your home by tele by uh, telecommunications. Yeah, I, I you hit the nail on the head. I think I have found many men, especially, who view couples counseling as a failure of their own or weakness. Um, but you're saying it's just the opposite. That's what leads them to come to see you. 
Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it, uh, sometimes couples will have a relationship with a marriage counselor that, you know, they'll go in for one session, three sessions, five sessions, and then not go again for five years, 10 years, or ever again. Um, but it's really, it should be your first before you jump to saying, hey, we need to break up, we need to get to a lawyer, you should try marriage counseling first, because sometimes you just need a neutral, private person who can help you see your partner's point of view or vice versa. So since this podcast is on, you know, how to stay married, you and I were talking uh, before we started recording about um, being present for each other, and social media and pictures and the phone, what is your thought on that and how that can lead to an unhappy marriage and not being married? Yeah, there's a, you know, there's a couple points on that is sometimes um, feelings get hurt in ways that were never intended by one or the other. And one example is I hear this one a lot. My spouse or my partner still has photos on their Facebook from seven years ago when they went to Paris with their ex. And sometimes the person who has those photos up, it doesn't even realize it. They're not thinking about it. But to the partner who's feeling hurt about it, they're saying, why are you showing the world this other person? I, it's enough I even know they exist. I never want to see their face and I never want to imagine you happy with someone else. So these photos can really have a very insidious effect. And so when, when we're going through the divorce process, I know this episode's about how to stay married, but you know, I recommend to a lot of our clients, you need to scrub your social media, you need to go through your iPad, your iPhone, take off those old photos, because one day you're going to (laughs) be happy as a clam watching Netflix or something. And somehow this photo is going to emerge and just cause you a real headache that you didn't intend. So I I think that that's a really important one. And the other issue related to this social media devices thing is find my iPhone. You'd be really surprised, but a lot of people are using their devices to monitor one another. And it's a big invasion of privacy. You're against um, that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very against it. Mm-hmm. I think you need to have trust in a relationship. And I mean, I would be furious if I found out someone was using uh, Find My iPhone to monitor where I am or to... I do that for my kids. Oh, you do? Well, for your kids, it might be okay because it's they a safety issue. <laughs> But but for spouses, I mean, unless, you know, you're both okay with that, and that's mm-hmm. just the way it is, using any kind of, um, you know, surreptitious methods to monitor one another, that's that's really a red flag. And that could potentially even be getting close to a borderline domestic violence type issue. You know, a lot of abusers use cameras, other monitoring devices in order to control uh, their their spouses or partners. So you really want to watch out for that. Those are that's a great point, but I thought when it came to social media too, you were going to talk about. Um, it was kind of it was kind of two prong thing, you know. The first part is about keep scrubbing your social media of your of your former partners, right? Right, great great advice. And then the second part is, you know, the I don't don't Be, don't stalk your don't your don't stalk your partner. Right. You got to have some trust. How to stay married is to trust your partner, and if you have some concern about where they are, you should just ask them. You shouldn't put spyware on their phone or be monitoring. Find my iPhone to catch them in a lie. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. And if you're there, that's a red flag for you. I am not feeling. Tr- I don't trust. Right. So that would be some something to look at. When it comes to social media, though, also, um, in terms of this is again, how to stay married, I find 
I am amazed at how many married people, we'll say people, for me, I've, I've just noticed men, but married people um, walk, come so close to the line of flirting on social media with comments. You know, whether it's the fire emoji, you could take that a million ways. <laughs> oh, you're looking hot, baby, I want to do you. Or like, oh, that's, that's a hot picture. To... I'm just, I'm like, aren't you married? In my head, I'm like, aren't you married? Aren't you married? <laughs> I'm very cognizant myself, you know? How often do you see that becoming an issue uh, with couples? Uh, absolutely. And unfortunately, it's often a bigger issue for one person or the other. Um, and I think that we should all be very conscious that now social media is truly an extension of ourselves. And what we're putting out there is what we want other people to see and know about us. And if you are married or in a relationship, it's normal to have friends of the opposite sex. And it's even okay to say, that's a nice haircut or something. But once you're getting to the point where you're putting out in a public comment to the world that you find someone else attractive, that has the potential to to hurt your partner. And so I think people do need to be cognizant of it. Um, You know, you can think someone looks really hot and not comment it, (laughs) you know, where there's, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that. And I would say that even sometimes likes and loves are causing it, not even comments. You know, someone puts a really, you know, beautiful bikini shot or something and then the spouse loves it it's like why why are you loving that (laughs) absolutely even now with amazon alexa Mm -hmm. and uh, other similar products you know sometimes they'll let you have like a screensaver using random photos you know this could be on your on your your mac or uh on your alexa and now you're sitting in your living room and some old photo from some old trip with your former spouse is now popping up on your television for everyone how do you feel about that amber as a woman let's take away your 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 lawyer title here how you know let's say you're with somebody who's had a history you know you're you're a second marriage or whatever i mean we've all had we all all had history how do you feel about um you know pictures of maybe like an ex-spouse yeah well you know to me there's a little bit of a difference between a family photo for example you know if you had children with that person and it's a beautiful picture of your two kids well you know maybe that's okay because you can't just cut out the fact that they had a mother or father um i don't think I would feel good about it if my spouse or partner had, you know, framed in our ma- in our living room some picture of them and their spouse looking well, of super course, happy. That would be really <laughs> weird. Would you be okay with your partner having that picture um, you know, under a bed tucked away? You, you know, think, you think when you say scrub you want scrubbed, everything scrubbed. I think it's it's, this is really a personal decision. You know, if you want to put something away in a shoebox, but just remember one day when your spouse is cleaning out the closet and they find their shoebox, they're going to say, why do you, why are you holding on to this stuff? And what do you need? Why do you need it? So for me, I'm not that into it. I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think if you have children, that's one thing because fo- family photos, 
it, it, you know, and, and maybe your children want, like, for example, you know, my parents were divorced and I have uh, my parents' wedding album. And it's something that's nice for me to, as a child, to imagine that there was a time that my parents really loved each other and they were happy and that both sides of our family were one. And so, you're a product of that happiness. Exactly. Yeah. So as a child, I like that. Do I think my dad's wife would like that? No, I don't right. think she ever wants to see that. And I, I wouldn't want her to two because it would it would hurt her feelings so right. i think we're all really human and i i wouldn't be yeah i i don't i'm not super into it i understand why people need to hold it but i think you should avoid you should keep that part of your life secret or separate um perfect okay so how to stay married amber says well this is obvious but it's, it's highlighted booming with you know flags all around it. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Don't let things fester and build. That seems to be like the number one problem. You know, it's never, it's a drip, 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 drip until, you know, the water's full and it's going over the glass and you're running to a divorce lawyer. Number two, she says, adopt the 555. Ask yourself, how important is this? Is this going to bother me? Am I going to think about this five days from now, five months from now, five years from now? Like, let it crystallize. I love that word. And think about, you know, do I want to bring this up to my partner and then bring it up? And if you do, don't do it at night, which is my <laughs> habit. So don't do that. Number three, uh, seek marriage counseling. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Smart people always get coaches. I always say that. Number four, watch your social media, your likes, your hearts, your fire emojis, your, mm, yeah, looking good, hot body. Oh, that's flirting. And I feel uh, uh, infidelity of some sort of, a, you know, uh, betrayal of the heart. Um, five Amber says, scrub your social media of photos, clean up. That'll help keep you happy. What is your best advice for life in a sentence on how to stay married? Well, I think all of the uh, points that we've just brought up are excellent starts, but I think I would be remiss with, without noting that I think sometimes a lot of effort is spent trying to salvage relationships that really shouldn't be saved. Because while we're talking today about how to save marriages, you have to assess whether you're in a relationship that is serving you. Because unfortunately, too often I see relationships that involve either verbal, physical, or psychological abuse, where one person or the other is doing absolutely everything they can to hold on to a relationship that just should not be saved. So if you are a victim of violence in any way, shape, or form, that is unacceptable. And you should know that in that situation, you should not be saving your marriage. You should be seeking advice of a professional. And uh, if you are in any sort of domestic violence situation, I feel like I need to say this because during COVID, unfortunately, uh, many abusive relationships have intensified. Mm -hmm. You do need to seek help and try to get out of it. Um, and their courts are open to get domestic violence restraining orders or yeah. to file for divorce via Zoom. Now, that was depressing. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I got to say it, you know, but it's true. It's true. Why do you think that, you know, a woman or man would stay in a relationship that is not serving them? What 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 has been your experience in that? Well, um, you know, so my mother was uh, a little bit of, I would say, a guru of domestic violence. And she used to talk about the four letter words, cash, fear, love, and kids. And those are really the reasons that people stay in domestic violence relationships, you know, cash, because they're relying on someone and they're afraid of how they're going to survive without that person's support. Um, fear, 
because they're just afraid for their lives. They're in a situation, no matter how they got there, um, where they're afraid of their partner. Love, because not, you know, people have this perception, oh, if he ever laid a hand on me, I would never tolerate it. But unfortunately, even strong women sometimes mm -hmm. get caught up in these abusive relationships and they just believe that, you know, he loves me or she loves me and, you know, love will carry the day. Or that they think that's what love looks <laughs> like, you know, maybe from the past. Yeah. And, and kids, you yeah. know, if you have children together, a lot of people feel like they're, they're going to ruin their children's lives if they get divorced or they break up mm -hmm. or their kids are never going to forgive them. Their kids are going to blame them. Um, but, you know, the bottom line is that every person deserves to be loved, respected and to live a life free of violence. Absolutely. But it doesn't have to be violence either. It can be it, you can be in a relationship that, like you said, is not serving you. It's not working. Yeah. If if you're what's the point of being married if your spouse doesn't support you emotionally, doesn't help you get to the next level, whether it's in your career, emotionally, personally, you know, if you're in a relationship, you know, some, as you said, you know, some relationships are not meant to last forever. Mm -hmm. And if you're in that situation it's better to cut your losses understand it appreciate it and accept it and try to move forward rather than spending the rest of your life trying to salvage it beautiful but again depressing <laughs> <laughs> this is about how to stay married so amber come on tell so me going in, back a, in to a this sentence yeah. in a sentence sure how do you stay married you've got to communicate you have to be understanding, show your partner compassion, and uh, make sure that you're you're picking your battles wisely. And if there's a fight that's bigger than you, seek therapeutic intervention, get marriage counseling before you call it quits. Beautiful. Thank you so much. This is on a side note. So when people say to you, since you're a divorce attorney, you're 30, you're in a <laughs> yes. long-term relationship, yes. but you're not married, mm -hmm. has being a divorce attorney affected your view on marriage in terms of your own personal life? Like, I'm never getting married. <laughs> well, you know, everyone wants to ask that to me. Mm -hmm. And in my life, I, I really believe in love. I believe in marriage. It's something that I want to do. So no, I'm not ruined on love. And I would say that, uh, you know, your divorce and the way you handle your life is a lot about the way that you your mindset. And if you have a true desire for your relationship to work, and you're willing to put in every effort you can to make that relationship work to be honest to talk about the issues, you have as good a shot as anybody. So uh, you know, for me in my life, when it's my time, I'd like to I'd like to take a shot at it. And, and really go all in. Well, let us know when that moment happens. <laughs> I will. I, I, I think you learned a lot, obviously, in school, but you've learned more from your clients. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I often tell them that this is your first divorce, but not mine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. If you want to get in contact with Amber, you can reach her by email at amber at com. That's K-O-R-N-R-E-I-C-H law.com. Uh, she's also on LinkedIn, or if you happen to have a pen, which I know most of you are, don't have walk around with pen and paper, but it's 305-579-9111. Um, she's also on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much, Amber. Thank you very much. 
A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free email. You'll be the first to get my weekly blog on how to live consciously and peacefully. You'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways that they can help the Advice for Life with Lynn followers. So reach out. Maybe if you think you've got something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think. So tell me how I'm doing. I want your thoughts. The links are in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast. So your shares, your subscribes and reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and they help us reach more people. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.